Let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I have spent my whole life scared, frightened of things that could happen, might happen, might not happen. Fifty years I spent like that, finding myself awake at three in the morning. But you know what? Ever since my diagnosis, I sleep just fine. I came to realize it's that fear that's the worst of it. That's the real enemy. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking around other people so that they won't feel small around you. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It is not just in some of us, it's in everyone. You're listening to Canary Cry Radio. Now here are your hosts, Basil and Gons. Hey everybody, welcome to Canary Cry Radio. Thanks for tuning in this week. My name's Basil. And I'm Gons, and we're going to talk about something today. I'm not really sure what it is. Something. Basil Basil is going to kick us off with a story. Well, I have a story for you. Tell us the story. So it was about this time of year. We're coming up on Halloween. It's October. It's uh, getting a little chilly. I grew up in not Southern California. It was... Let's just say there's a lot less densely populated and a lot more wilderness surrounding the area. And so, like all good rural towns, there's stories or like legends, you know, of scary things. Scary things in the woods. It's just sort of what happens. Were you surrounded by woods growing there's, up? Yeah, there's, I'm not going to give away too much, but yes, there were trees and I would call them woods. Um, well, I think a you lot don't of, have to give away anything to say that there's trees. You never know. That's how, true. Many, how many places on earth have trees, really? And how many people named Basil live amongst the trees? I'm sure there's a lot, actually. I'm, this sounds, you know, like... Okay, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so it was autumn. It was autumn, and... Oh, what I must have been a freshman in high school, and I I hear this this story, this rumor of a place out in the forest where there are charred remains of animal bones and uh, bones hanging from trees, and depending who is telling you the story, there might have even been some human bones out there, um, sort of in this area. And it was scary. I mean, you always just sort of talk about it around Halloween because, and kids would always talk about, oh, let's let's go up there, let's go check it out, and then you know, eventually everybody chickens out and nobody actually does it. You hear stories of people doing it, but you never actually do it. So that's there, and and like thinking back, I mean, I, I was, you know, I was a good Christian boy, and in my head, like, oh, that's really scary. That's really scary. There's probably some really scary cult people up there and weird people doing weird things. You know, it still kind of had that, like, that novelty to it. I didn't really think, like, (laughs) exactly what was going on. So you were, like... How wrong and how messed up it actually was? Yeah, yeah. So you were, like, saying 
there's uh, some weird stuff going on by, you know, some weird people. We should go check it out. Yeah, I guess that's sort of how it was. Just being a rebel. Just being a rebel. And... I mean, don't don't think that I have this grand story because I never went. I was too scared. Oh, well. And like, we never could get anybody to go. But the fact is, the the fact of the matter is that it was there, and and in my head, it didn't even occur to me that this was probably a, a ritual, a satanic ritual area with like serious satanic things happening and and sacrifices obviously of animals for sure of animals and you know knowing what I know now I'm sure there was some sort of sadistic you know acts towards human beings as well and so looking back on that I don't know I it, I, I have a totally new worldview now and I'm almost ashamed that I've thought it of it so lightly back then you know what i mean yeah and that's I, not really your fault necessarily no, well i think that might be the point i'm trying to make hmm. my fault and so and then i started thinking about all the other things like that that we really sort of don't pay attention to especially around this time of year with haunted houses and and scary things that we like to do i like scary stuff i'll admit that and I'll admit that maybe I shouldn't like scary stuff, but you know, just the the physiological reaction of like adrenaline and stuff that's just built inside of me to to make that happen. But with all this scary stuff, I mean, it's a lot of times not as fake as you think it would be. Yeah, it's almost. Uh, I think culturally, it's sort of been novelty-ized or something. I don't know what the word is. But yeah. And and one big thing, for instance, that's that's making me that the, that's a, a real memory it was a, it's a, I think it was like a Mickey Mouse cartoon or something, or maybe a Donald Duck, one of those guys, one of those friendly woodland creatures, and there was an episode that had like a satanic something in it. I mean, a, a cultish something. They used to meet in secret to discuss their mathematical discoveries. Only members were allowed to attend. They had a secret emblem, the pentagram. You know, all these people are dressed in red robes and there's fire and things and they're out in the forest. And I'm not exactly sure what it is. But looking back to that, I didn't even really think that that was that scary, you know? But I mean, in reality, Mickey Mouse was, might not have been Mickey Mouse, but there was satanic rituals happening on Mickey Mouse. And we, we, I mean, we spend a lot of time talking about my babysitters of vampire and, yeah. th- and things like that. So it's really novelty-ized, and that's something that I think we talk about a lot, but I mean... I think a, a really important point to bring up is that, you know, we shouldn't go around with like a big sign or something that says you're going to hell if you're out doing Halloween or I I just feel like this sort of speaks into how we ought to communicate some of these things that we do talk about because it's, because it is part of culture. A lot of, a lot of these things are part of culture, you know? And so it's not, it's not the easiest thing to be like, Hey, abandon your tradition because it's wrong. 
you kind of get what I'm saying. I'm sure you guys understand I, what I'm saying, I, but I totally understand. I'm almost more concerned with like, I don't know. What if they did a summoning or something out there? And I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm not extremely educated on exactly how it works or what people do, but I'm assuming that there's some attempts to, to contact the other side. And especially on Halloween when it's just known Rust is dar, especially has done some great research on that, that there are some very serious things that happen in places like that on Halloween. Did you have any scary places like that when you were young? I feel like everybody did. Yeah, yeah. You, you grew up in a different place than me. I did, but, uh, you know, there was similar kind of story stuff happening in high school. There was a, a haunted house in a town nearby. That like a real one? Apparently. It was an abandoned house that people claimed to have gone in and, you know, they claimed to have had these paranormal experiences and right. I knew some people, a group of, I wouldn't necessarily call them friends. They were just, just people, you know, that were in my grade or whatever. And they went there around the time of Halloween and whatnot. And they claimed that some weird stuff happened, how I guess their car turned on without the key in the ignition and things like that. Right. Who knows if it's true. Maybe they were just wanting some attention, but, uh, well, I mean, Personally, I've had experiences like that. It wasn't in a haunted house, but it happened. And so sometimes like when I hear about that, I'm not so quick to, you know. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's like at the time you hear it and it's like, oh, you know, these popular kids are just trying to draw the attention. The popular to kids. Obviously, I wasn't one of those popular kids. It's all right. <laughs> I mean, just, I, you didn't hear me talking about how I went to the cool scary satanic place I was not invited to go there yeah it's okay so. it's okay <laughs> maybe that was for good reason I guess but you know it brings up an interesting question because it's like what what is it about fear you know like that we're so attracted to it like even you said oh I like scary things you know it's yeah. like what what is it the intrigue of that that draws us in that we want to go places where we know we shouldn't go you know Right. Yeah. I mean, that's a good question. And I like the word, I like where this is going. So personally, I just recall being scared of like the most random things growing up. Like for example, I was afraid of fireworks when I was a kid, like Disneyland. The first time I was there was not the happiest place on earth. (laughs) We had these giant, you know, <laughs> creatures walking around they they wave to you and it's like, what are you going to do to me? Right. You know, they come up to you. They want to like hug you and stuff. And it was, was just, that Disneyland. I think so. Yeah. I mean, was they, it, was it really scary or was it nice? I mean, because I know that I've been to not scary farm. No, no, I, it wasn't not scary farm. Wasn't like that kind of scary. No, no, no. I, I was just a kid. I was probably like five or six or something. Okay. And yeah. so I was afraid of these giant costume dogs and mouses and <laughs> so you you really were scared of no Mickey, i was really Mickey mouse and a witch hat yeah i was really scared of pluto and all, you know goofy the dog i mean it, it freaked me out and then during the fireworks it was like we're all gonna die you know right and I, was, I was like i don't want to be here take cover <laughs> so That's funny you know but then i i do remember 
really enjoying some rides and being totally freaked out in other rides. Like the Haunted Mansion. Right. I was totally freaked out. But like Peter Pan, I was like, yeah, we're flying <laughs> to Never Never Land, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, as long as we're talking about amusement parks, I went to Not Scary Farm, and I don't know why I like it so much. I don't know. I mean, uh, if I had to try to give some insight, I think maybe it's just physiologically the the adrenaline it just works on a on a certain you know part of my brain. I think there's a lot of people like that that like that, but fear isn't always that kind of thing. It's not always a scary monster type of fear. Sometimes it's um, oh yeah. Sometimes it's nothing. Like think about a lot of people in the U.S. suffer from anxiety disorders, and in some very severe cases, there's extreme fear for no real apparent reason. You know, it's just fear of everything. It's fear right. of this. It's fear of that. It's fear of the future. It's fear of getting a disease. It's fear of something happening to the family. And you, people can be completely paralyzed by this thing. Right. And it's interesting, too, because, you know, I have some friends who are Christian who actually work at the Not Scary Farm. And they right. dress up and they, just you know. So everybody knows, Not Scary Farm, this is a Southern California thing. So any of you. Yeah who aren't from here, there's Knott's Berry Farm, K-N-O-T-T-S, Berry Farm, like the jelly. They have an amusement park, and usually it's Knott's Berry Farm, and there's roller coasters and awesome things. But for this time of year, they really deck the place out, and they get hundreds of people to just dress in the scariest costumes ever, and they're wandering around, and they're scaring people, and... It's very festive. Most of the year, we're working hard to make sure it's easy for you to have fun at Knott's Berry Farm. But every fall, our focus shifts a little to scaring the heck out of you. That's why we take great pride in our grade A organic-fed zombies. So the scares you get in the park are 100% pure, pure evil. Four new mazes and the return of the Green Witch. There's more to fear at the 40th haunt. I mean, the whole place is done up and it's terrifying. I don't even think you're allowed to go in there unless you're like 13 or something. I actually I, never went. I, I got invited a couple times in college and I'm like, you know what? I am going to pretend like I am way too cool for that. You've got way too many things to do. Plus it's expensive. It's very expensive. Yeah. And that's the thing. Why do we pay so much to be scared? Yeah. It's very interesting. And I I think if we look at it sort of from a, a neurological standpoint, you kind of pointed that out a little bit, but there is a part of the brain called the amygdala, which I'm sure some of you guys have heard amygdala. of. Yeah. Amygdala. Yeah. Forgive my pronunciation. It's all right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a bundle of brain cells that basically is sort of the hard drive for human emotion. So when you see something that scares you, it triggers the adrenal glands and you have this big rush, you know? And, right. it, and so, and it actually releases stress hormones too. So, right. I mean, just all that is akin to, you know, somebody that wants to jump out of an airplane, you know, it's the same sort of high. Right. And I guess it could be part of a reward system. Like uh, you see something scared and you survive it. So it feels good. Right. You know? And then, and so there's that. And, there's these things like Knott's Scary Farm where you're literally surrounded by terror for hours. 
and then you come out and you're just so excited. I won't say happy. I will say you're excited. And I think it's because you're being rewarded for surviving a scary encounter. Right. And uh, who doesn't like to be rewarded for surviving? Simply (laughs) surviving. I know I do. Well, I mean, I should be rewarded daily then. (laughs) You are. That's true, I guess. I get to wake up the next day. So Yeah. And it's so fun being scared or or whatnot, but it's even more fun watching other people be terrified. I mean, we almost have like sort of an obsession about watching other people be scared. Anywhere from I mean, think about it. You have shows like Fear Factor. You just watch people be scared. That's the whole show. You watch them be terrified. And it's the most entertaining thing. And you laugh at them. Yeah. It's, that's the weird thing. No, that is, that's, I'm comfortable with that human thing where we laugh at people who are just completely terrified. Yeah. And especially when we watch even things like really scary movies or cheesy that's, movies. Yeah, that's what I was like going to bring up is that you know, one of the things I distinctly remember growing up going to scary movies is the terror that, you know, like something, you know, pops up and, you know, you know, something's going to jump out, you know, there's those jump scenes and a lot of the horror flicks, but when it happens, everyone freaks and then they start busting up laughing. so bizarre it's like the the scariness has become comedy fear has fear has become a form of comedy i i actually think part of that has to do with the desensitized notion of humor as well i mean we won't go down that rabbit trail today but i've written blog posts on that in the past about how our humor has become sort of tainted it's not like this sort of uh and i think uh you know, if anyone's seen or heard about the movie Jackass, it's right. sort of the epitome of that. Because I recall sitting in the movie theater with a bunch of my college buddies watching Jackass the movie and, you know, watching people hurt themselves on purpose and people laughing hysterically. And there was a point in the movie where I kind of looked around and I almost felt like I totally fell out of place. I was like, wait a minute, why are they forcing laughter? It, w- it wasn't like a genuine ha ha laugh. It was like, I, I don't know how to describe it. Like a, I mean, for lack of a better description, it was like a possessed laughter. It was like huh. forced evil laughter, you know, and it just coming me, from the audience. Yeah. It made me feel really uncomfortable. So huh. I, I think it has something to do with just culturally, we've been sort of indoctrinated to, well, it's, I mean, be entertained by fear and, well, Okay, I hear that. But what about like the Colosseums and when they used to kill each other? Kill each other or kill animals and people the whole the whole countryside town. would come in and and pile in and watch some bloodshed. 
Well, maybe it's just a human thing. I mean, I, that's a good question. I mean, I, I don't know if there is a, there has to be some kind of description of how the audience responded or reacted to oh, there is. beheadings and stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. Enlighten I, us. <laughs> I mean, maybe I should get some sources right in front of me. But <laughs> maybe you should pull up Google. <laughs> but, um, well, I can't remember where I found it out, but the crowds would go absolutely crazy. They, right, they just, would start cheering and going They nuts. just loved it. That was their thing. And it, all throughout history, things like have been that way. I mean, from guillotines to public hangings to, I mean, there's just, it's traditionally been a public, gore has become, or has always been, a uh, public spectacle, if you will. I mean, it's only until recently that I think we've become so civilized or maybe uncivilized, where we actually are loving gore, but it's fake for the most part. Right. Well, you know? it's even, it's glorified in a sense with horror movies and stuff. I feel like horror movies just got, have been getting worse and worse. Like, But, it, but at least it's not real. So, I mean, what's better? Are we better now? Are we more civilized because we're not actually killing things and cheering for it or people for that matter or criminals or whatever it may be or is it somehow worse well that's a good question because i feel like partially it is good that we're not actually killing people and stuff like that and getting a kick out of it but on the other hand publicly publicly anyway yeah but on the other hand the cinematic forum allows for a much gorier situation. Like if you've, have you seen, you've obviously, because you like horror movies, you've seen the movie saw, right? Right. The first one. And if anyone hasn't seen the movie, don't. Hello, Amanda. You don't know me, but I know you. I want to play a game. Here's what happens if you lose. The device you're wearing is hooked into your upper and lower jaws. When the timer in the back goes off, your mouth will be permanently ripped open. Think of it like a reverse bear trap. Here, I'll show you. There is only one key to open the device. It's in the stomach of your dead soulmate. Look around, Amanda. Know that I'm not lying. You better hurry up. Live or die. Make your choice. Is that really... You know, because... The brain is... Even though you may know on one level that this is all fake, it's all staged, and you know, whatnot. Right. There is another level where you are actually experiencing the visual phenomenon of a guy cut off his leg or right. you know kill other people or in just really really graphic ways right and sometimes even worse with like you know um you know there's torture devices i mean there's all sorts of stuff oh it gets bad it gets real bad yeah, it gets really horrible and, and it just seems like that's even worse because it's like okay in the past it's like all right a guillotine it's like all right this guy's gonna die you know uh yeah. down comes the, the the thing the hatchet or whatever and everyone you know 
screams and yells and oh yeah you know there's a beheading and right. it's over and and you know there's going to be some guts and gore there but you're not it's you're true. not seeing a situation there's more of a psychological effect i think because when you're sitting there watching like a movie like saw you're sitting there going what would i do in that situation right you know, there's really no positive outcome it's like okay well there there are even studies that say when you watch something if you if you're watching just for instance a guy running right your brain reacts as if you were the one running right and we've talked about this before right so in that sense it's like it, i think it's even worse yeah. seeing people being tortured and yeah. uh murdered and killed and and, just, and we- do it whenever we want. We just have to put it on. Yeah. You know, we just put stick the disc in the player and there's yeah. our own personal uh, beheading of something. Yeah. And I've, I've walked away from horror films just feeling just awful. Right. <laughs> like right. I will say that. I will say that I don't get the joy from horror movies anymore like I do with things like Not Scary Farm. Right. Well, that's an interesting thing you bring up because I think before I became a believer, it was, it was one thing. It was like, Oh yeah, let's just do it. And even then, even if I felt horrible, I would just, you know, it would sort of be whatever the temperament of everybody else was, you know, like, Oh, it's an awesome movie. Oh yeah, totally. It's totally awesome. And then inside I'm like <laughs> melting, you know, but now, you know, now I'm like, all right, you know, I see a preview of some creepy horror movie and it's like, wow. Right. That's they're getting pretty bold here with all the uh, gore and graphic you right. know, stuff there. So, okay, so that's movies. Yeah. And now, a couple of weeks ago, here in Southern California, there was a car chase. Uh, did you catch that? There's a car chase, and the guy ended up leaving his car, running out into a field, and shooting himself in the head. And there was a mistake somewhere at the news station and they weren't able to to cut it out they didn't switch away and they aired it and millions of people watched this guy shoot himself in the head on television during the daytime a, a real this is a, a real this is a real thing this happened a couple of weeks ago and it was terrible there was a huge reaction um, and the while it's happening, the you hear the anchor. He goes, "Well, it looks like he's a little disoriented or something. I, it's always possible God could be on something." Um, oh, get off! 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 Get off it! Get off it! Get off it! Get off it! And then they don't. And then there they are. And then there we get to see it. And then they go straight to commercial. Obviously, this is just a huge disaster for the television station. So they they cut to commercial and then they come back and, you know, issue a huge formal apology. So what do you say about that? I mean, the fact that it's real. I mean, we've seen as a collective community, we've seen hundreds of people shoot themselves in the head in movies. Right. You know? It's not anything new. It's almost like we expected it to happen watching this car chase. Well, I would I would be interested to find out the I guess the demographics because if you're thinking about the audience, people watching the news, right? Uh, well, I don't know. Maybe not because the news is pretty awful these days, but people watching the news don't necessarily expect to see that. 
you know, uh, in that sense, because they're sort of psychologically unprepared for something like that to happen, it may be more terrifying than it really is. Whereas someone who's going to see a horror flick or a horror movie or whatever, they're expecting to see, you know, blood, gut score. Do you think it's worse because it's real? Do you think maybe that's a place where as a society, in, we, we realize that that's not quite acceptable anymore? I, I think it's so. Bar- I, I, barbaric having I, that on. I think, well, yeah, I think to some extent because they have changed, you know, in the past. I remember when I was growing up, at least, you know, like in the nineties, they, they showed everything on the news, you know, they were like, right. Oh yeah. You know, here's desert storm and here's, you know, they just showed stuff and it was pretty bad. Right. And at some point they stopped doing it. And I think it was right. sort of the public outcry of like, Oh, it's too gory for our kids and whatnot. So right. they turned to horror movies. But, um, I think it is worse when it is real, right. obviously, because people understand that it's, you know, a real thing, but to a kid, I will say that to a kid that saw that they may not have had the same level of reaction or understanding a 12 year old kid that sees, you know, that plays call of duty or something and blasts people away all day long might've seen that and not, you know, have is, was probably more desensitized to the actual reality of it and detached from what actually happened. So it would be interesting to find out. We should probably find some, kids and see what they thought about that yeah (laughs) well okay so we're talking about public displays of death i guess would be the simplest way to put it we started with fear didn't we and then we We did but let's talk about while we're on the subject i mean what do you think about like news coverage of syria or libya or the pictures of Gaddafi with a shot in his head and you know, things like that. I mean, I guess a lot of that comes out on the internet, but how do you feel different, Gons, when you're looking at things like that? Well, I mean, you know, being a conspiracy theorist, it's sort of that that side of me kind of kicks up when I see stuff like that, especially right. when it comes to the Middle East and, you know, why are they showing us this? You know, right. they're trying to tell us, what are they trying to tell us? Is it that, you know, oh, look at the Middle East, they're so uncivilized in their ways, you know, or maybe look how scary a revolution is. Look how bloody it is. Right. You should fear. You should fear revolution. (laughs) Maybe not even that intense. I mean, that's definitely, (laughs) it's definitely conspiracy theorist talk, but yeah, I mean, I think that there could be a certain level of fear mongering as much as people seem. I mean, we like to think that news organizations are, are above that or the government's above that. But I mean, there's everything they show us for a reason, which was why I thought it was kind of suspicious. They didn't, they didn't uh, switch away from the, the car chase earlier. That seems like, it just seems like it shouldn't have been an accident, but yeah, that's sort of bizarre. Right. Let me ask you this. Okay. Once you see, let's say you watch like a really scary movie, you know, and, you know, you see it with friends and whatnot, that first moment when you walk into a dark room or, or, you know, dark garage or something like that, after you see the movie, does it raise a level of fear in you? I do get a little stressed. I will admit that. I, there are some times when I'm walking through my house and it's dark or I'm trying to go to the bathroom or something and I'm navigating 
sort of a mental map of my house and it's completely dark. There are a few moments when I get, I don't know, stressed out a little bit about the darkness. And it's it's funny because as as a believer and as a somebody who's experienced some some dark things and somebody who knows his you know the truth and the power behind you know the name of Jesus and and really that there is nothing to fear i feel kind of silly but it happens right what about you oh totally I, I still get it. And it's, and I, you know, I don't feel proud to say it or anything, but it's just, an, I think it's just part of uh, the fallen nature of man. You know, we sort of uh, inherited this fear factor that right. sort of comes up, you know, like the other day um, we were watching, what were we watching? I think we were watching like ghost hunters or ghost adventures or something like that. And right. there's not a whole lot of stuff on TV that, that, you know, me and my wife like to watch cause it's just a lot of it's garbage these days. But uh, we were watching some of that and ghost adventures. If you've never seen ghost adventures, it's like the super frat boy bro version of like a ghost hunters. <laughs> Have you seen okay. it? Basil? No, I haven't seen it. Oh, this guy is just, re- I mean, he's entertaining because he's so ridiculous. Oh, you know? Don't talk dude. Even when you talk, man, it scares me. Just don't talk. Just let me get to that. Okay. I'm not big with heights, man. All right. Just chill for a second. I heard that dude. Shut up. Come here. Come here. That scared the out of me, and I still have to button my fly up. That was Was wild. that you that made that noise? Go ahead, do it again. We're not running from you. Do it. Get this. Come on, do it. This is why what we do is dangerous. We, we have masks, right? So anyway, <laughs> these guys are super intense, and they're, they're, they're entertaining in that way. I don't think what they do is, is good or anything, I think. But okay. anyway, um, but the, the, the episode was pretty freaky. Like, they caught some pretty freaky stuff going on. You know, they, they always get the EVPs and whatnot, but they, they caught sort of an apparition that was sort of weird. Right. But anyway, you know, we've seen, my wife and I have seen plenty of that stuff. But I went into the garage to get something. I think it was laundry or something like that. And um, I walked in and I couldn't find the, the light switch immediately and the door closed behind me. And right. I looked out into the garage and I like sort of almost purposely allowed myself to feel that fear. You know, it was right. like, like that, yeah. that childhood fear of like, Ooh, what's in the dark? Like what's, what's lurking behind, you know, things you can't see. Right. And it's a really interesting phenomenon because I had, I had that same thing where I'm like, what am I scared of? What exactly? Like, I don't, I know there's nothing there other than, you know, the car and whatnot, but why is that fear there? You know, why is that curiosity of like, huh? Well, that brings up an interesting bone to pick because there's so much talk and this really cliche response about fear is like the fear of the unknown. Right. You don't know. And I don't believe that. I don't believe that it's simply the fear of the unknown. I believe it's the fear of the half known. You know, it's like we know just enough to be scared. Right. Because if we were totally ignorant of it, we wouldn't know to be scared. Right. You know, I mean, if you don't know that monsters or ghosts or demons or whatever you're afraid of, if you don't know that those are even things, 
why would you even feel scared? It, that would be an interesting thing to to study or see if somebody has done a study is, I mean, without any prior knowledge of what fear is, like when does fear first become a thing? Right. And it's, an, I think fear also, we've been talking sort of about the, uh, you know, the, the extreme fear, but fear is something that people have in general, you know, they develop different kinds of fears, you know, fear right. of heights or fear of snakes or, fear, you know, there's all sorts of phobias that are associated with personal experiences and traumatic things that have happened in their life and things like that. So it has to be some sort of defense mechanism, right? I, I would think that that's what the, the, the white wh- coats want you to think. The white, the angels? The white coats, the, the <laughs> I'm doctors. Kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. They how think, did you, they think how they're did, angels. How do you get so funny, Gons? I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? I feel like fear as a mechanism is that's logical i am pretty sure that's a thing i can i can admit that that's pretty well established um well in, in terms of just our our humanness like our natural response to something that we don't understand is initially our sort of reaction is fear what's interesting about human beings is, and fear is that we purposely do f- scary things you know we we purposely induce that fear purposely induce the fear whereas animals they don't do things like that (laughs) you know you don't see a bear like putting on a mask of a human yo okay yeah no i'm kidding kidding. (laughs) yeah no exactly but i mean you don't see animals like doing daredevil things just for the heck of it you know you don't see Bears dressing up as scary things and like trying to scare each other for fun and laughing and running away. I mean, that would be hilarious to that watch. That would be actually. really hilarious if we saw some bears do that. If you, anyone has any video footage. Playing practical jokes on each other. Hilarious. But I mean, like even that, even practical jokes, it's all, it's all about just scaring the crap out of them. So we know that we love fear and we know that it, it, it makes us laugh sometimes. But what about fear as like a weapon? I mean, I, mm. we all know about fear mongering and there's, there's, you know, fear to sell things. There's fear to gain control. There's fear. It's a tool really. Don't you think? Yeah. Fear conditioning. It's sort of a, it does sell <laughs> fear. Yeah. It does sell like, you know, like sex sells. So Right. Uh, it's just another one of those things that humans just seem to be very attracted to. Right. And there's even fear in, uh, I mean, things like foreign policy. I mean, things like uh, Project Bluebeam, where, you know, this sort of godlike beam is supposed to scare natives into thinking that, you know, God is angry or something. Right. You know, something like that. And so, I mean, fear is a huge tool. I don't think that's an, any surprise for anybody listening, but it's interesting when you look, when you step back and you look at fear and you can see the whole continuum, right? You see the whole continuum from fear of spiders being sort of, you know, some sort of irrational anxiety of fear being fear, then there's a comical humor to fear, 
There's satisfaction in fear sometimes, I would even say. And then there's control in fear. And there's, I don't know, it's, it, I, I almost see fear as like, you know those, those mosquito lights? No, Harry, no! Yeah. Don't look at the light! Where you're like, oh, only we don't get zapped, we just... Right. Well, what do you say about the fear of God? Because that's something that gets brought up quite a bit that your non-believer friends or something might bring up. You know, you often hear that believing in God and being a Christian is a crutch. And that crutch is based on the fact that you fear something, whether it's death or the unknown or or anything like that. There's that aspect of it, but there's also sort of the biblical teaching of the healthy fear of God. Like, you know, right. you, you hear, you know, he's a God fearing man and that's supposed to be this positive right. characteristic of a person. Right. Where do you, where's that line? Like, what do you think is the, well, I think the fear that some more cynical non-believers try to sort of push on us or, you know, put words in, the mouths of believers. They, a lot of times it's the fear of death. Like, Oh, you're just afraid of death. So you want to make sure that, and I, I could honestly say I've never met a single Christian who that would be the case. Yeah. Actually, you know, I, I think the transhumanists are afraid of death more than right, the Christians like are. It's definitely a falsely, it's a falsely accused fear. I mean, there's, I'm not saying that, Believers aren't afraid of anything. We're absolutely afraid of a lot of things. But as much as fear can be used as a tool and as much as, you know, the church in all of its years has, you know, gotten a bad rap for fear mongering, I don't know if in, because in the past it's, it's become a Christian or or will kill you. I mean, that was the crusades. We we're not proud of it, but that was a thing. Right. Nowadays, that's not a thing in America and around the world. There's a lot of, you know, the opposite way, you know, if you are a Christian, we're going to kill you. So, I mean, that's where the real like fear uh, theory gets trumped. Right. You know what I mean? Think of the churches in China and things. Now I know it's getting a little better all around the world, but it still exists where being a Christian is not allowed. And it's a very violent issue if you're caught you know, with a home church or something. And I think that just completely blows it out of the water. The whole thing where believers are scared. That's why we believe. Right. Because nothing is more unknown than really the true nature of, of the afterlife. I mean, we, we know a lot about heaven literarily, and we know what we know through the Bible. But even then, there's not a huge, like, (laughs) there's not a a detailed description enough to say that none of us are wondering what's actually going to happen. You know what I mean? Right. If you're a Christian and you you have 100% unclouded, undoubtful picture of heaven in your head, you're probably going to be a little bit surprised when you actually get there because, you know, just just be prepared. It's probably not going to be exactly what you think. Right. Just well, on, on principle. Right, right. Well, I don't think it's going to be how any of us expect it or thought it would be or anything like that. It's going to, I feel like it's going to blow all of that 
out of the right. water. But exactly. So so the unknowingness is still there. That's the, that's the thing. They say that we we want to be able to know something. We want to feel like we know what the afterlife is going to be like, and that's not the truth. That's not the case at all. It's not the point. It is not the point. Right. And I mean, when we talk about the fear of God. I mean, I don't know. Do you know a little bit about the the Hebrew or the scriptural references for that? I, I feel like if there was a secret, I feel the secret. I would, I could easily attempt to answer that question: the what a healthy fear of God is, and and the rhetoric of that. I feel like it would be e- easier. I feel like the answer might already be there in the text, right? Which a lot of it is. If you um, you just look up fear in the Bible. I mean, one of the first ones that pops up is first John four eighteen, where it says there is no fear in love, uh, but perfect love casts out fear for fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. So in this case, it's sort of contrasting the idea of fear being the opposite of love. Right. And, um, so doesn't that mean, that's not looking good for having a healthy fear of the Lord. Right. And interestingly, the word for fear in the Greek is phobos. And if you know, uh, it's a total rabbit trail, but I'm just going <laughs> to, I'm going to just dip my toe in this rabbit trail and then we'll pull out of it. But that's uh, weird. <laughs> There's a weird combination of, of metaphors. <laughs> I'm going to dip my toe in the rabbit trail. I don't it, know if the rabbit's the, the rabbit trail happy. is actually a liquid substance. I don't know if you knew that, but um, uh, essentially, I, I you know there was I wrote a, a a blog post on the possibility of a verse from Luke being about UFOs, and it talks about fear there, and the word for fear there is phobos, and it means you know fear, terror, reverence, and it's just interesting that you know one of the moons. On Mars. Oh. <laughs> it's called Phobos. Okay, again, pulling the toe out now. Okay. Um, Weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, actually, I think that's an interesting thing you just brought up. Uh, we're not going to talk we're about it. We're not going to talk about it. But we, We've learned our lesson about Mars. But yes, one of the moons of Mars is called Phobos, which right. is the Greek word for fear. For fear. And, and then, okay, so let's let's go back to the scriptures here. So Luke, Luke okay. 12, 5, and it says, um, but I will warn you whom to fear. And I think fear in this sense is used in more of a reverence, you know. Right. Fear him who, after he has killed, has authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. So, um being God. Yeah. That that's a good thing. Let's just disclaimer here that the devil does not have the power to cast into hell. I I uh was about to go down another rabbit trail, but I will not. And then first Peter one seventeen, and, and I think this is the sort of the, the crux of the healthy fear of God. And it says uh and if you call on him as father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds Conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile. And um, other translations to make it, you know, understand it a little better. Uh, live your lives as strangers here in reverent fear. So again, huh. pointing, pointing to this concept yeah, it's a, of it's a reverence. Yeah, it's a reverence, a reverent fear. It's not, it's not this terrifying fear. We shouldn't right. be terrified of God. We should be in reverence of God. Right. And and there is a, a slight difference there. But at this at the same time I think that the word being the same word 
it does actually make sense because when coming in contact with God, it's a scary thing. Oh, yeah. It's an awesome, scary thing because just for the sheer just awesomeness of yeah. it. Yeah. You, you can definitely be afraid of awesome things. I, uh, what's more awesome than explosives, really? I, uh, you know, when I was younger, there were some explosives, firework type things. And we would set them off and run because we were terrified of them. And then they would go off and then we'd cheer and and burst out laughing. Um, Cartwheels, handstands. but well, even with that, even physiologically, you feel your heart just like, like when it, it explodes, when things like that happen. And I imagine that that would be in this physical body to come in contact with God in person would just be like, kind of like that feeling, like, like in the middle of an explosion where you're sort of breathless and your whole chest sort of tightens up, like even during a fireworks show or something, and you're just sort of paralyzed by the the awesomeness and fearful in the sense that you know that there's enough power there to hurt you physically it's a thing like you know the power of what you're looking at and it's and that's sort of the fear i think well it's sort of like even um when you're snorkeling i i've I've done quite a bit of spearfishing in the deep ocean and once in a while you'll come in contact with something like a whale or more often than not sunfish which are scary cows of the sea but (laughs) but these i mean when you see a whale in person and you're just out floating around in the water it is terrifying it's the most awesome thing you could ever imagine but it is terrifying because at any moment that whale could do anything really yeah just open its mouth and you'd be pinocchio Right, exactly. I'm not going to lie. Like, I might have a sort of fantasy about getting eaten by a whale and then living inside of it for a little while, like a certain biblical character. That might be cool. But at the same time, I mean, this you'll die. I would die if that happened. I Actually, I, I guess there are recorded instances of people being swallowed by large fish and surviving. So it, is, bl- a, it is a phenomenon I- that can happen. I believe that. I'm still terrified of it happening. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't think it'll be fun being in stomach acid and whatnot. Right. Yeah, um, that's- but one of the things I wanted to point out also, biblically speaking, is I guess it sort of tiptoes the line of healthy fear. But if you look at anybody who comes in contact with an angel in the Bible, I mean, people just fall flat on their face. You know, <laughs> they just I think that's a fear thing. And then what do all of God's angels say first? They say, don't do- fear. Yeah. Yeah. That's the first thing they say. So it's interesting that they know that their presence conducts fear in us. So maybe fear doesn't exactly always correlate with evil. No. 
I guess it doesn't have to. I think that's a misconception. I think that's a good thing to bring up because we were just talking about all sorts of, you know, sort scary of things. scary, evil things to be afraid of. And it's just not always the case. Yeah. So there are positive things that can come out of fear. I mean, if you bring it down to a real basic level, if you burn your hand on a hot stove, you fear being burned again, you know, so you don't do it. Right. Well, that's sort of what we were talking about earlier with, if you don't know to fear something, I mean, can you fear something without knowing to fear it? I mean, is there something like that that you can think of? Um, I think at that point, it is truly, you know, the, the phrase fear of the unknown, uh, right. because you're not necessarily fearing anything in particular. You're just afraid because you don't know at all what what the possibilities are or what it could be or or right. what situation or whatever so i think there is a case of genuine fear of the unknown um right but i think that's just because we being humans we just you know we like to know things we we want to understand things and be aware and alert and you know that's just kind of how we are so if, when we don't it naturally induces sort of a fear in us but that's not always bad right well I think maybe that the fear of the unknown is the easiest to conquer, in my opinion. I feel like if, and this may just be me, but if I'm afraid of something because I don't know what it is, it's easier for me to say, well, that's me being afraid of the unknown. Whereas when it comes to scary things I know I should be afraid of, it's almost... The fear doesn't just subside. It doesn't, it's, it's sort of bruised. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's a lot less easy to overcome. Yeah. Like clowns. I'm not around clowns enough to really not be afraid of them. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. Well, let, let me bring this up just, just because it's sort of kind of sort of relates this is an experiment that was done by this guy named kareem nader and essentially it was sort of an experiment to test rat brain memory okay Um, more rat brain i know more rat brains you love rat brains but but it's sort of uh it ties into the fear thing because it i don't know it's a little bit cruel in my opinion but at the same time it sort of gives us insight into i guess our neurological functions or at least the neurological Functions of a rat. Right. Um, so here's what they did. They played um, a tone. So it sounds like this. Sounds like this. Um, and, and after they played the tone, they shocked the rat. I mean, just a real light shock. It's not, they didn't like electrocute it to death, but just a, a sure. shock. And so what happened was they formed this memory of you hear the tone, you get shocked. Right. And so the next time they played the tone for the rat, the rat would freeze up and curl up to embrace the shock, you know, like, Oh, here it comes, you know? Right. And so, you know, the scientific explanation is, Oh, it created a a A memory connection in the neurons of, you know, associating that tone with the shock. Right. And uh, so there's that level of understanding that, Hey, when something happens to us that's negative or painful or, you know, emotionally, mostly, I think physically too, but or most scary. of the time, yeah, we're scary. Whatever is associated with that is going to affect us in the future. You well, know, that, that brings up a really good point. 
and that's manufactured fear. That's exactly what that is, is sort of that control that we were talking about before. And so they're able, you know, to make the, the rat afraid. But at the same time, in reality, if that mouse goes on to live a happy life and say it just hears that tone again, it's, it's not going to be punished with the shock. Right, but it, it will take a few times before it realizes that. But do you, do you think it would ever get over it? Is my question. Do you I don't think know. that's. I think there would have to be multiple occasions of hearing the tone and then being, being safe afterwards, like nothing happening afterwards. Right. Well, uh, think, of it, think of it in the context of the brainwashing that happens in certain, you know, secret societies and things like that, or in the, even certain government institutions where mind control and split personalities and all sorts of really messed up brain things are brought about by inducing extreme amounts of terror in, in individuals. And they're not able to get over it really a lot of times for their entire lives. I mean, we come in contact with a certain individual who was in the Freemasons and, you know, there's some reasonable doubt if he is completely, you know, free of his brainwashing. Yeah. When you were talking there, it brought my, it brought up some, you know, just reflecting on my own life and what has largely driven, not everything, but a lot of things in life is, is a fear. Right. (laughs) You know, and it's sort of this, like, for example, when you're in school, you know, elementary school and whatnot, right. uh, There's a level of fear of failure. Like you don't want to fail. And there's a lot of things attached to that. Like you don't want to disappoint your parents and you know what, you know, there's all this stuff. I think unless you're genuinely interested in a topic or, or something or a, a, you know, subject at school, a lot of the motivation for like getting through school is because of that. Like it's not because you really want to do it. It's because you're afraid, like you're afraid that you're going to not make it to the next grade or whatever it is. Right. And I feel like the whole mind control thing is sort of the same thing. Because if you look at, if you look at politics or, or just any kind of hierarchy, you're saying we're being brainwashed in school. I would say, yeah, at least in public school. Well, I guess in private <laughs> no, it's, I think it's a good point. Yeah, because if you look at any sort of hierarchy, right, established hierarchy, you act upon. Yes, it's a self-interest of like I want to move up the ladder, but there's a level of I don't want to fall. I don't right. want to slip and go down. I don't want to get trampled by another guy. You know, and, and I, I know this personally because you know my wife was in the corporate world for a really long time, and and she dealt with that. You know, right. there was a lot of backstabbing and a lot of really horrible stuff that happened all based on this corporate ladder thing, you know? Right. And I think it's all the same when it comes to secret societies. And, and, and then, it, and then it sort of, uh, spreads out into society, at least in, you know, in America, we know the, the capitalistic sort of mindset breeds that my, the, that mentality of a fear driven thing where it's like, Oh, we, we don't want to fail. We, you know, we, you, you can't right. possibly, uh, you, you don't want to be uneducated. You don't want to, you know, there's all these fears that sort of drive our motives. Right. And so, yeah, at, at a big 
you know, social level of the, the grand level, there's a level of mind control that is pushed through fear, I think. Uh, you know, and we can get into the specifics of mind control and how, you know, there's various kinds and hypnosis and all this stuff. Right. I would say a big thing for me would be fear too. I think a big motivator is that. I think a big, <laughs> a, a big reason why I'm so interested in time travel is because maybe fear of the future is a thing. Not necessarily what's going to happen, but what if you go down the wrong path? What if you become good at the wrong thing? What if you, you know, what if you don't end up where you're supposed to end up? And that's where a time machine would be really helpful. (laughs) (laughs) So you're basically saying you want the power to undo your mistakes. Or maybe just... Uh, brace myself for them, <laughs> you know, and I guess that just, I don't think that's a very Christian way to think about it. I think, well, but it's, you know, it's a human the, way. right. And at the same time, obviously I'm very trusting in the Lord that things are going to work out fine. And I'm, you know, I don't actively fear that, but I think deep inside, I'm sure that's crossed my mind somewhere along the line. Yeah. Well, a lot of, I think a lot of these things are, they're malleable, you know, they're not, it's, right. it's, there are moments in my life where I'm like, you know what? The Lord is going to take care of it and everything is cool. You know? Right. And in the next moment, it's like, Oh my gosh, right. I am going to fail and everything's going to fall apart. And, and it's just, it's the ebb and flow of life, you know? But, right. but I think it's important to point out that those moments of really really feeling free, you know, that we are sort of under, uh, you know, the creation of God. We are, we are his children. We've been grafted in. We're, we're sort of part of this family that that's bigger, way bigger than ourselves. It's a sort of a comforting thought. And it's, I think it kind of keeps us sane. At least it does for me. And I, and I know that it's sort of, um, it's the thing that allows us to talk about these issues that we talk about on Canary Cry Radio and right. and you know the Revelation Radio Network family and everything else without becoming too fearmongering like right. you know we cuz there's a lot of groups out there a lot of conspiracy shows out there and things like that that are just like this is the end right and i'm and we've even been accused of fear mongering, and I, I think I think we've been guilty of it to some extent right. too. Well, I think that's I think it's and and you and I have had conversations, cons about it, and that's something that is sort of you know we kind of want to repent for, you know, because that's obviously not the goal, um, but it's sometimes it's just a, a natural occurrence, I think. Yeah, but, but watch out for them transhumanists because they serious. will come get you. They will come get you. <laughs> Everybody needs to go buy this new anti-transhumanist kit. It's called H minus. It's called H minus. <laughs> oh man. Anyways, so yeah, no fear mongering, bad, right? I would say so. Yeah. I. I. I mean. Okay, fear mongering is. I think it's a silly word. Is that like the actual word that? Today's video is about fear-mongering. Negative timelines, catastrophes, and tragedy, and pain in general are created through fear-based beliefs. 
about the world and ourselves. Fear is fear is fear is fear. There is no appropriate logic that supports someone spending any time at length in fear. Fear monger. Yeah, yeah, people use Right, that. I guess that's a word, but let me put it a different way. Being overly reliant on fear to deliver a message. Right. I think. Yeah, th- that's what I was going to bring up, was there is a certain level of truth that has to be spoken. Right. And, and part of that truth is some fear. Like there, there's True. an undoubted level of just negative things that are out there. And, and it would be dishonest for us to just, you know, come on and say, you know, and tell you not to be afraid. Yeah. Don't be afraid at all because there's flowers and though. What? Well, they shouldn't actually be afraid. Though. No, no, you should never actually be afraid. But I'm, what I'm saying is, you know, and you get this is that when we speak the truth, there's going to be some, some negative things that are going to appear as if we are just saying, Oh, fear this, fear this. But that's right. not the point. It's just, it, it just is what it is. We're sort of right. trying to just tell what is going on. And then, you know, if that's considered fear mongering, then, you know, that's, that's your choice to label us as fear mongers. But it, it, I think when you come to realize that there's a greater message here uh, and it's not, it's not to be afraid of any certain thing of, of GMOs or, I mean, we should certainly be aware of it. And I think we have the power to change a lot of those things or, or at least in our own personal lives to, you know, do the right thing when it comes to various aspects of things like that. But ultimately it, it shouldn't be because we fear them. It should be more because it's just, you know, some of the things that we know are wrong are wrong. And some of it is under our control, like GMOs, for example, is, right. is under a control as far as we can choose not to eat GMO foods, you know, but you know, uh, which I would, which I would recommend. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, chemtrails, like right. we really can't do a whole, I mean, if you want to like wear a gas mask all day and you know, special goggles and you know what I mean? Like it's just not practical, which I don't do all the time, which I think I've seen you ride your bike with uh, your gas mask on. And I was a little freaked out. <laughs> I think there's a lot of people freaked out. <laughs> but, you know, it's interesting because I, 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 this conversation just comes at a time when this morning um, I got a slew of emails and, and I'm on some email list that I don't even know how I got on them. Uh, but there was a slew of emails that came out that said, you know, the Fukushima reactors have gone down. This is it. You know, red alert. Fukushima right. spent fuel pools exploded. Fire now. Radiation. California next. We're, this is it. Uh, right. and then, and then I think I, I got an email from somebody later on today that said it was a hoax. The whole thing was a hoax. Right. So, and then, and you know, those emails came from groups that were allegedly Christian and stuff. So, you know what I'm saying? It's like, right. What an unnecessary thing for them to do. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like should write a strongly worded letter to whoever is writing that <laughs> newsletter. Well, get. well, I, th- I think that's the thing that I think we as, as individuals and as believers should do is uh, discernment. You know, we, we should look at some of these things and some people that push fear and, and, and fact checked. Yeah. That will number one fact. Yeah. That's, that's probably the primary thing here. Yeah. But then also to not let it affect you, not let that fear sort of, because there was a moment when, when I, when I saw these emails coming in, I had like 
three or four of them coming all at once. And I have family in Japan. Most of my family lives in Japan. You know, I mean, I have my folks here right. and my sister here, but everybody else, uh, all my relatives and everything else, they all live in Japan. So, right. you know, when I get emails like, oh, it's over, Japan's done radiation poisoning everyone's gonna die that's like a serious it's thing a serious thing you. i'm like uh okay this is not like what should i do you know there yeah. was a moment of panic for sure so it was like wow what do i do now you know and i'm glad this person um you know came back and told me it was a, or there was another person but they they investigated it a little bit and right found out it was a hoax and i was like okay it's good uh but still that that's not cool, man. <laughs> you know like, it's not cool. Like man. there's pushing fear. That's true. And, and then there's just jumping on any opportunity to like sell a website or, you know, whatever. Right. So anyway. All right. Well, yeah, that's a thing. Um, <laughs> it's a thing. It's a thing. That's like your thing. Your thing is to call things just a thing. Yeah, I call things things all the time. Yeah, which is accurate. It's not well, I'm not bagging on you for. Yes, yeah, no, things are things. I'm glad you appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, no, I do. I, I I think I'll start using that now. And uh, <laughs> I got this thing. You know, there's a thing. There's a thing going on. And I got to go do this thing. So it's a, you know, <laughs> I'm sure my wife would absolutely appreciate that too. Uh, yeah, no, <laughs> you. Pro- I I wouldn't recommend that. No, no. Okay, okay. so what? What's you want to give us your biggest fear before we? Before we my my deepest darkest fears yeah before we run away here and and, <laughs> and go, go hide tri- before we go <laughs> trick or treating <laughs> um my biggest fear do you want to go first while I brew on this for a bit because I just rambled for a while and I feel like you were I don't know if I have one though um I'm, something I actually fear I think something I actually fear was that thing I already talked about the time. The time machine thing. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, no, I don't know. Fear. Fear is an interesting thing. Well, okay, I will say, I will say that there is, uh, being someone who is married and has a, has a daughter. Okay. I will say that there is a, a, a parenting fear of like, man, I, you know, if anything happened, that or, would be. yeah, it's just devastating. So there's that. I would say that's a pretty, um, I would say it's healthy in, in one regard. Right. Well, speaking of healthy fear, if something like happened, like say a kidnapping or thing, something, I think it's okay. Have you seen Taken? Um, I've heard about it. And I, Taken Two is out. Okay. So, are you talking about it, Tekken, the video game with all no. those martial arts? Okay. No, no, Taken, Taken with right. Liam Neeson. Okay, yeah, and. Whatever. Um, his daughter gets kidnapped and he, Oh, okay. Yeah. In yeah. true fashion. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you are looking for a ransom, I can tell you I don't have money, but what I do have are a very particular set of skills, skills I've acquired over a very long career, skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. If you let my daughter go now, that'll be the end of it. I will not look for you. I will not pursue you. But if you don't, I will look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you. Is that something you would do? Are you, could you do that? Uh, could you? How many times do you think you could pistol whip Persian sex traders <laughs> in the face? 
if they took my daughter if they took your daughter um, like how like what's the maximum number of persian sex traders that you could pistol whip in the face in in an hour and a half period uh you know however many liam neeson did however many it takes however many it takes That's to get the, right the child answer. back yeah yeah there you go yeah i, I don't think i would uh <laughs> back down from uh from anybody you got a situation you've got a strong pistol whip hand um i'm sure i can develop it in the process the first couple times may be a little weak but uh (laughs) but i might have to you know well you get better i mean the more persian sex traders you you pistol whip you it's just going to be that much better the next time yeah yeah that's true uh i will okay what about okay let me think here deepest fear I have a funny story okay. that my wife made fun of me for, and I'm just going to say it because, you know, I have no fear of being judged. That's true. That's another whole nother thing. A whole nother thing. Okay. So, <laughs> so you're okay. fearlessly telling us your, your fear. Oh, well, it, it was a moment of a story, a moment okay. of irrational. Uh, well, I don't even know if it's irrational. Just, just, just funny. So, right. okay. We, uh, my wife recently got uh, a couple birds, um, what? what? Birds? She, yeah, she like, bought she bought like some uh, uh, parakeets, I believe. Okay, so, so it's not like Thanksgiving turkey. No, 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 no. It's not like vultures or anything. We we okay. got a couple parakeets and they're Just in a cage and ravens, three eyed ravens. Yes, yes. If you were scared. Of <laughs> the third eye was watching me, and I was really yeah. uncomfortable. Okay. Uh, and you know the cage was in the sort of the kitchen living room. Uh, right. area for the first couple nights because we weren't really sure where to put it. Okay. Well, like the first night or whatever, you know, we're going to bed and we hear like this loud noise, you know, and we, we didn't realize it was the birds, obviously. Okay. So, so I get up and I'm like, what the crap was that? Like, it just sounded like someone is in the house, you know? Right. So <laughs> the first thing I do, get this. All right. Okay. I pick up my dog's <laughs> chew bone. And so imagine, imagine this. All right. (laughs) I'm walking up to the door and I have, I'm in my boxers and I have my dog's chew bone in my hand (laughs) about to, about to kick some butt. So you were a caveman gatherer hunter with your, your bone to protect you. So you were going to beat somebody with a dog bone. I will say this dog bone would have killed somebody because it's yeah. one of those like pretty one rough, like I ones. have some big dog bones or whatever Yeah, and big dogs. But, uh, but anyway, and you know, my wife was looking at me like, what the heck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> like I didn't even have my glasses on, you know, I was and like, I was ready birds, to throw down. And it was the, on top of that, it's the birds that are scaring you. Yeah. And I open the door You're and it's, sc- I open the door <laughs> and I hear, I'm all, uh, <laughs> cause I was ready. I was ready to throw down, you know, that's Funny, that's hilarious. But, it, but it, it just goes to show, like how you're just ready. No, you're ready. I'm ready, you're, man. You you don't even need to pistol whip the Persian <laughs> sex traders in the face. Bones. You need a bone. You will beat them with a bone to rescue your family. Oh, gosh. That's good to know. That's good to know that I can count on you for that. Yeah. Well, I will tell you uh, one more little short, quick. quick okay, short. real quick, but don't tell me that your mom, your mom, my mom, not your mom, yes, your wife. Did your wife get canaries? No, 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 no. She did not. Oh, they're not canaries. No. Okay. No. She, uh, I was, just gonna, I was actually going to make fun of you if they were. 
Yeah, I, I, I and was one name make fun one's, of one's name Basil and one's <laughs> name Gons. Oh gosh, I'm really <laughs> glad she didn't do that. <laughs> this is one more story that has nothing to do with anything. I'm just going to tell it because it's funny. Okay, and, and it's not that funny, really. But okay, I, I guess it can play on the fear thing a little bit. But there was a really large conference that happened at our church last week, I think. And it was, um, and I'm not going to even say anything about it because gonna do it. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's irrelevant. But basically to get back to the offices and stuff, we had to have these like wristbands. And, uh, you know, because they, it's funny because this, this, it's a Christian conference, but they come in and they like quarantine the entire building. Right. You know? uh, were you there at all? Yeah, I got week? quarantined. <laughs> It's very hard for me to get back there. (laughs) It was really bizarre. So I'm walking in and I, I, um, you know, uh, my boss gives me a wristband or whatever to, to be able to get around. And, uh, you know, I think I went to the cafe or something, had lunch with someone and I'm walking back to, to the office and I hold out my wristband. And as, as I'm walking by the security guard dude. Right. And, He's he's like this big yoked dude, like this yeah. big buff dude. No, I know. And he's like know. he's like whoa whoa whoa, you can't just go back there. And yeah. I was and I, the whole time I'm holding my rich man like in his face, and he's like, "Where are your credentials?" And I'm like, yeah. uh, "I just showed you my credentials." He's like, "I'm not seeing anything." And I was like, dude, I freaking work here. Like, let me go. This is, this is ridiculous. You know, he's like, no, I'm not going to let just some random guy go through where your credentials, dude. And then, yeah. like, it was just yeah, ridiculous. The private security company was doing it. I get, I don't know or what it was. it was. It was, there is somebody, it wasn't our security. It was somebody well, no, else. It definitely wasn't our security, but it, yeah. it was just weird. And I was ready to throw down. Speaking of throwing down with some people and this guy was yeah. way bigger than I was, but. Yeah. And you didn't have your bone with I you. I didn't have my bone with me, but I had my wristband. Right. But then, okay. So then I, so then he goes like, well, you need to have credentials to walk by. And I point at my wristband, which has been in his face the whole time. Yeah. And he goes, Oh, yeah, all right. All right. You're cool. <laughs> <laughs> walk by and I'm like, Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. I, I didn't know he didn't even see. No, the he didn't see it. Apparently. I mean, yeah. maybe he chose not to see it, but happens. I, yeah. this has nothing to do with anything, but I'm just, no, it know. doesn't, but I got, I got escorted around by that guy too. Really? I didn't even have a wristband. Did Did he kick you out? Did he? Were you no, not able to? Get I wasn't. In? I wasn't allowed in. I had to wait, and I had to get somebody to vouch for me, which took a little while. <laughs> and even then, he like wouldn't leave me alone. It took a while of me just sitting at my desk doing some work until he actually left. I think to tie it in, I think he was afraid of me. Oh. What I might have been doing, or I mean, maybe he was afraid to let his bosses down because he was being a good. Oh no, this was the head guy. Oh, the this, head guy. This was the head security. I oh. was, I'm, I was on the blacklist. They had to get head of security. To- <laughs> well, you handled it with a lot more grace and patience than I did because I was ready to. I was say you didn't. You, you that guy's lucky you didn't have your bone. <laughs> Well, I just wasn't expecting at a church that I work at confrontational confrontation there. of that level of like this guy standing up and like looking down at me and like, like it was just really it's, weird. It is different because it's that's kind of I mean I, I would Tory. Yeah, it's, that was an alpha male thing that you you guys had. Why? Well, had a moment there. 
where there's some there's a power a power struggle. He was on your ground, acting like it wasn't your ground, <laughs> and you didn't even have your bone to defend yourself. Yeah, I had a wristband. I would have done some things to him with a wristband. <laughs> okay, well, this was fun. This uh, was a little. I think we flew off the handle here a little bit, but it's okay. Talk. Everybody loves fun talks, and so. So as as uh, Halloween draws near, everybody, there you go. Make sure keep keep all of these fine points in mind here. Yeah, and, and you uh, know one thing to point out is also it's it's your decision of whether like I would I, I'm gonna say that the roots of Halloween and everyone knows you know it's pagan roots and druids and you know there's all that stuff there. But just to be aware, I think um, just pray with your family before you go trick or treating and and just you know be right. be safe and be right. uh you know just and do it do all of those things and if you're wondering why we didn't have a huge expose on halloween and maybe some of you may have wanted to hear that um but we decided against that intentionally intentionally not to have a huge fear-mongering of halloween and make you feel bad about your trick-or-treating but do know that uh yeah some pretty nasty things happen on halloween rest is our will be um happy to give you some material to read on that yeah and that stuff should uh give you pause and and just things to consider so, so pray it up up everybody this this week as we come closer to halloween and um make sure to not go into any scary haunted houses or anything like that and make sure not to invade Gonz's house at night because you'll be beaten by a chew bone so keep all that in mind <laughs> and thanks again for listening to Canary Cry Radio make sure to tune in next week for another awesome episode and until then keep thinking outside the cage Thank you for listening to this episode of Canary Cry Radio. The show notes for this episode and many others are available at canarycryradio.com. Make sure to connect and like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash canarycryradio. Follow us on Twitter at canarycryradio. If you would like to share the show in video format, you can find us on YouTube by searching Canary Cry Radio. Review us on iTunes with five stars and give us a thumbs up on StumbleUpon.com. We would like to thank those of you who have given us your support, prayers, and donations. If you would like to join us and support Canary Cry Radio financially, you could do so by visiting CanaryCryRadio.com and clicking the support tab. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, remember to think outside the cage. Look out for the bone. Yeah, watch out for the bone. Oh man, that's scary. Talk about fear. Do you think you're capable of like doing of like just just doing it, just reverting back to biblical warrior bone days? Oh yeah, and and beating a dude. I think about that sometimes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. I know that's in me. I think like I've never had a situation where I had to do that, but right, but yeah. yeah.
But you'll do it. Oh, yeah, I'd do it. Yeah. I think I'd do it, too. Sometimes... Sometimes I'm not sure if I would, but I think in the moment, I think I would. I like to think of myself as a pretty physically intimidating gentleman. And I use those words specifically, physically intimidating gentleman. Okay. I'm not going to pick your fight, but I will humiliate you in front of the noble ladies. Did you, uh, uh, have you ever had a temper? You know, not really. I've actually even like considered that there may be an imbalance in my brain <laughs> because you don't have a temper. Because I don't. I almost have no temper at all. Um, you, you, you know, you're you're uh, you're, you're kind of like my friend that I had um, in college. Who, right. Uh, when something really bad happened, or something like something that would normally like piss someone off and like get all amped. Right. They would just like their shoulders would slump and they'd just do like the. <laughs> yeah, no, that's exactly what I. That's I don't know what it is. I've. I'm not saying it's normal. I'm not saying it's good either. But it's. <laughs> it's exactly what happens. I don't know. It's. It's hard for me to, get, like, enraged about something. I mean, yeah. I. I would definitely, um, kick some butt if it needs to happen. But it's just on a survival level, right. I I don't think I could get in a fight just out of like, you make me angry. <laughs> you are so lucky I don't have my bone with me. <laughs> you know, something like that. See, but there I, are there are things that make me upset. Yeah, get- yeah, yeah. Well, I'm like the opposite though, because I have, I think it's because I was a competitive athlete. That has to be the reason why. Because you have to get like amped. And, yeah. you, and and then and then when you when you at least when you swim, um, it's like self induced physical muscle pain. Like right. like you're just like and you're just feeling all this pain and the pain just keeps getting worse and worse and you can't breathe and it's just but an awful just, feeling. But you just love it because you're a savage. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. so there's that level of like adrenaline rush amped, like mindless, yeah. crazy mindless animal instinct. Yeah, yeah. So right. I definitely have that and I've and I've always had a temper, so it's it's not good. I, I actually, my temper's gone down way, way, way a lot last like four years. I think it's because I got married. That's really good to hear, especially with your whole bone thing. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe our listeners have some awesome <laughs> fight or flight stories they would like to share with us. Yeah, definitely drop a line in the forum or email or. Maybe we should we should start a thread. Start a thread in a forum, in our forum, of awesome, scary stories where you just go into heroic mode, like or maniacal mode. Okay, where you're a maniac. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you have moments where you just go maniacal. Tell us about when you really just lose all sense of humanity and just go <laughs> maniacal. You've never yeah. had that before happen to you? You're you're I'm lucky. Sure I have. I you know, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I black out and I just don't remember. Like the Hulk. Maybe I'm the Hulk. Maybe you are. Maybe you, you just I do wake up like with my clothes just torn and like a big hole. I never and got how he his clothes still fit him as the Hulk. Never made sense to me. It's uh, you know, you just don't really ask questions. Actually, the 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 Hulk movie, did they they gave him stretchy pants. Stretchy pants. Okay. Yeah. 
So well, that's a that's a horrible precaution he has to take. <laughs> it's like <laughs> so fearful. <laughs> fear fear of himself. Fearful. Oh, we yeah. didn't talk about that. We didn't talk about fearing yourself. But if anybody had fear of himself, Hulk did. Hulk. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. What do you think? This is a little off topic, but what do you think? I mean, I know we talk about Satan's bad guyness. Do you think there's a moment where he's like, you know, it's probably not a good idea to try to do this when he's like trying to lead a revolution? I know we we make him out to be like the ultimate evil and things like that. And like, oh, it's just a superstar of, of doom. But part of me thinks like, He's afraid, like, oh, this is really crossing the line. It's like, maybe, do you think he had a moment of pause before he did that? (sighs) Maybe, but you know what I would think would go through his mind? I don't want to personify him or give him any credit. Right, right, right. right. No, but I'm saying, what I would imagine if he did that, if he was like, maybe I shouldn't because this is really, you know, this is really over the top. I I, I think he would think like, well, I'm going to hell anyway, let's just... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean like uh, just, uh, a moment but, of clarity but then it's like uh, you know it's just, yeah. uh, that's an interesting that's an interesting thing 